Your samples Kirk Cousins had a good year. Quavo gets cooking. Get fucked. Fucking Jordan, dude. I know. I start walking him. Yeah. Dude, I was. Oh, no, yeah. That was the fucking. Like, the analytics prove I was on the worst. I was on the other end of the worst beat in fucking MLB playoff history. Fucking dude, that day. happened. That happened. And I had just sat down home from work. And I was like, that's probably never happened before in the playoffs. And my dad's like, what do you mean, you know, fucking Altuve or whatever? I'm like, I don't think so. They I'm weren't like, down, though, when they're hitting them. That, that's mm-hmm. what I was saying. And I just kind of felt because I'm like, there, nothing comes to mind. You know what I mean? Like of a moment like that. And sure enough, yeah, it had never happened. You, No one had ever hit a walk-off home run in the playoffs down two-plus runs. So, yeah, that was the first time ever. I mean, you and you put in your fucking reigning Cy Young starter to throw two cock shots, just come in and throw two BP pitches to one of the best hitters in the game. Yeah, yeah. how was he encouraged on his fastball after that first swing that he fucking fouled straight back? Like, And then he went right back. I know. Pro I mean, hitters you, like, you didn't think you didn't think you didn't think like a slider to change change the eye level a little bit or something like uh dude I is that how bad is that of a call though? Like do you think that's something you just you can't you can't put in your starter as first relief appearance of the year there or is it like you want your best most valuable arm in for the biggest spot? Yeah, I have, I have no idea, honestly. Fucking, we did that with, like, John Lester and stuff, and he was ass kind of out of the bull. Like, he, we brought in Lester in game seven out of the bullpen. He never made a bullpen appearance. And I'm guessing Ray was probably not used to something like that either. And Lester came in and gave up two runs right away. Like, I don't you, get it. You don't in, do it all like, year. Like, the whole reason yeah. you go and do the reps you do all year is so you know exactly what – you do to win in the playoffs because that's the way you won in the regular season. Dude, that's so early to pull that plug. I don't know. Like and he's also, gonna have to pitch he's gonna have to pitch game three too. Also yeah, with that with because it that's almost just such a it just compounds on itself because now he's like he's got to go out there and and try to throw a quality start after that. You know what I mean? After just now, he's got zero confidence. It's all been yeah. zapped from him. Like, the sa- the thing I was about to say is, dude, so many guys have reverse splits now where it's not even, like, a thing. The lefty, lefty, righty, righty, it seems like every time they're showing the splits, it's not really a big indicator anymore of getting left on left or right on right. Yeah, so, I, I, for sure. I feel like it's not, like, focused as heavily. I don't know. So going back to that there, it's like, oh, we got to we gotta go lefty-lefty on your Don. I don't particularly know exactly what his splits are, but I know you're not going to get him out easy by throwing two just dick balls right to him, one after another. I mean, I don't know. That's tough because, I don't know, it, I, it seemed like we I kind of, in my head, penciled them in for, you know, a game one upset. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> the other, um, both – Recording this Thursday night, both um, both NL uh, divisionals are tied at one. Padres bounced back last night. Um, 
the two guys right now standing out is Jordan and Manny Machado. And to piggyback on last week, um, Castellanos with a real nice game. That was your that was your pick to click for the postseason three ribbies. Yeah, I mean, that was the upset. I feel like that every single person was picking was Phillies over the Cardinals, just because like the Cardinals never had that fucking strikeout ace that like you you can pencil in game one. You're like, all right, you know you know he's gonna go seven like one earned, and we're gonna have a really good shot of winning that game. Like Quintana pitched great in game one, but like, and they, I mean, the bullpen blew it. Their, their most reliable pitcher in the whole staff is the one who gave up all the runs, Helsley. So yeah, it's the Cardinals had obvious flaws that it was funny too, because you look on Twitter and like somebody would like tell them that, or like say, like point out something, obviously like poking a hole in their team and Cardinals fans just lose their minds. And then they just, just are, are sitting at home fucking two games into the playoffs. One thing I do, um, Maybe the only thing I respect about Cub fans is I really respect the like just complete and utter hatred for the cards. Because um, I don't think the Sox really have that with anyone. Like I fucking hate Minnesota. That's probably our main one. But the way that Cubs fans react to Cardinal losses is I like that. I like that about Cubs fans that like it's I guess it's similar it's probably the closest we have in Chicago sports to bears and Packers. You know what I mean? Is that just hate for the Cubs fans have for the cards. So I don't know. I couldn't really care less about the cards. You know, we might play them three or four times a year, but I don't know. I like this Phillies team a lot. Yeah. They, I mean, they could have used yesterday. Wheeler was pitching well, but. Kyle Wright outpitched him. And the Braves are the Braves. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a battle. We'll see what Nola can do tomorrow. But yeah, it's it's a great series. I mean, the the fact that the Phillies got one against Max Free, like the Braves were coming in fresh, their ace, you know what I mean? And they were able to, to take that game one, kind of punch them in the mouth. They'll be they're competitive for sure. And the Padres absolutely needed that one yesterday and they pulled it out. That that, that was a ballsy win against the Dodgers who had fucking unlimited base running traffic. The Padres pitched out of some jams and their guys came through. I mean, Machado looks like if they can somehow beat the Dodgers, dude, he's fucking cementing himself. And so is Harper. Har- like the studs have looked like studs so far in the postseason, carrying their yeah. teams. Yeah, I agree. And um, the, the only team that looked outmatched, I think so far, um, I think Cleveland against the Yankees. It'll probably be different. I think this game might be postponed tonight. Yeah, um, it was. It was supposed to be earlier. It's postponed till tomorrow. And they got Bieber going. Um, so it's their it's their must win. Yeah, I mean that's you throw Cal Quant- Quantrill game one. I mean he didn't look bad. He lives in the zone. He could pepper the zone, work in and out, but. Um, the yeah, problem with tough. Cleveland is they've scored fucking four runs in 30 innings of baseball. You know what I mean? It's not – I understand when their pitching's great and they're winning and everybody's so happy, but that's not sustainable, like, at all. And that was kind of – Especially when you go to Yankee year, Stadium, like, dude. You don't win at Yankee Stadium scoring one or two runs. Because yeah, when, when there's boppers in the other lineup, that fucking – Rizzo can just hit one into the air and it'll and go And you're out. playing at fucking right. fill-ins, dude. Like – you just poke one off the end of the bat and it gets out, you know? Yeah. So 
Um, they need, they're in a must win situation. Um, I think Seattle. Well, no, they're, 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 they're going to down. Lose. This, we're yeah. currently recording while they're in the nine. <laughs> That's so a shame. That's I know. Fucking... You're down again. Yeah. Unreal. He's, and... he's going to be one of the best hitters. I think of this generation. I mean, he's only what? 25. Um, and it, yeah, twenty five. I because I because I gambled on that game, so I I had the Mariners at plus two seventy five on the money line. Fucking so I was working out and watching watching this game transpire, and after Suarez hit the homer to make it seven three, I'm like I'm like all right I can settle a little bit like not as nervous. And they bring in their best reliever Munoz comes into pitch fucking throws one oh two, comes in. Strike like completely blows the first guy away, just gas, and then fucking I forget. He might have wiped them out with a the slider. Then he walks the next guy, and then decides to Bregman. He's like, ah, I throw one hundred two, but let's throw him four straight 90, 91 mile an hour sliders. Fucking, he just sits on one. The last one hung right that like right down the middle. Takes it. That was an absolute nuke too. But if when you have stuff like that, why would you ever just dick around like that? It's, it's always Chapman had some like bad slider that he would. Trying like you're trying to establish that pitch. It's like why you can completely overpower the whole league with your other pitch, and they're trying to try to be too cute, and that made it nerve wracking ever since. After Bregman hit that homer, the second a guy got on base, all of Seattle was just shitting their pants. You know what I mean? And then it came down to it. Robbie Ray was obviously the team was shitting their pants too, and fucking Jordan made him pay for it. Yeah, and I do think the Mariners are just overmatched. I think they're probably another arm and maybe a free agent away from being able to maybe overtake the Astros. Um, so I, they're definitely ahead of schedule, but they, they are a fun story just because dude, Seattle has such great fans for whatever reason, Seattle sports have some of the best fans in all of North American sports. Um, I mean, they took the supersonics away, but the Seahawks and the Mariners easily two of the most like raucous, diehard fan bases. Um, they're probably bounced. I think the most interesting series is um, Dodgers Padres notched up at one just because the Padres spent like, was it like a billion dollars on that infield trying to be able yeah. to compete with the Dodgers and their best and, players not even out there. <laughs> yeah. And they have underwhelmed the last two years Yeah, and haven't sure. been able to really even get a chance to see LA in the playoffs. So um, this would be probably their biggest, this is probably their biggest series in franchise in easily in the last 20 years for the, for the Padres. And I think Manny Machado has a chip on his shoulder just because how his stint with the Dodgers went. Um, They've been playing great without, without Tatis. I know that obviously they landed Juan Soto who hadn't been, I mean, their deadline signings were not, giving them any production. Hader was one of the worst relievers, the worst reliever in all of baseball since he got to I know. the Padres, which is crazy. Like it's it, crazy. It looks like he's somewhat right of the ship. He came in, they brought him in yesterday and he was able to shut it down. So, and I think he hasn't given up a run yet in the playoffs. So if he can give you anything of what, like at some, anything that wasn't what he pitched at the, in the Padres uniform, like then, I mean, it's a plus. Like any anything else besides what he gave you is is a plus from here on out. So yeah, I mean, he was as sure a thing as 
as any arm in baseball for the last three or four years in, in um, Milwaukee. And I'm sure obviously as a Cub fan, you've seen him lock it down dozens of times. So that's huge for them. If he can even get back to close to where he was throwing before the deadline um, in the last couple of years, especially just every, every hit, every run, every base runner is, so big against the Dodgers because they make you pay every single time and their pitching is so locked down aside from October Clayton Kershaw. But um, yeah, who uh, you think the Phillies can take this to five games with the Braves? I mean, so they're going to be, it's a two, two, one, right? Home, 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 home. And then you know what I mean? Like yeah. two, two and then one. So now they're going back to Philadelphia where that city's riding an all-time high right now. Fucking Eagles are undefeated. I know, dude. Phillies in the play, and that stuff matters gonna, too. That stuff plays into it one hundred percent. The city's going to be completely fucking juiced for these games. It's going to be raucous as shit, and just a little fall like cool, cool air. I guarantee you. I bet you they're going to be juiced. So I definitely think they get one of these next two at home. Send it to five. I um, hope, dude. I, I can't stand philadelphia but i do i do kind of mess with their with their sports just there's something endearing about how big of dickheads all their fans are and like everything about them is kind of like i respect it you know like if you're just kind of if you're just over that threshold where you're kind of a dickhead you're just a dickhead but when you fully embrace it to like the nth degree like philly does it's kind of like all right respect so yeah, I think that that could be the most even series right now. I think just in terms of um, Philly's arms that are to come, I think I definitely think Wheeler can get one. Um, yeah, it's gonna be tough, dude. The Braves are just—they've been here, and that that lineup just doesn't stop. There's—I mean—they're the closest thing to the Dodgers. They took them down last year, but. We shall see um, easily the best the best month of sports that we have in the calendar. October, once playoff baseball gets rolling and you're in conference, um, conference yeah, battles all, for college all football. All four sports. All four sports. What do they call that? And I don't know, but I wonder, there's definitely been times when, like, if you're playing your team, as, like, a city's team won, like, all four times on the same day. There's definitely been instances of that before, right? Wouldn't you think? I think the the Yankees had that, um, or the New York had the Yankees, Mets, Giants, and Jets all won a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, but I'm, and then and then you throw in like uh, like if it was the Hawks were playing like a Sunday game or something, fucking Bears are playing some shitter and win and Hawks win, and then it's like the Bulls season kicks off, and one of the two baseball teams is like in the NLCS or something. Like that'd be pretty fucking sick. Yeah, you just everyone is just downtown in their city. Just yeah. everyone just kind of like stumbles there and doesn't leave. That's why. That's one of the reasons I think. I don't know. I have mixed feelings, but I do think the Bears should go to Arlington, where you can have that environment. Just because we don't have the like the Deer District that Milwaukee has, or where you can like centralize where you have multiple stadiums next to each other. So like everyone's kind of like flooding into, you know, the, I don't even know what you call it, but I think that's cool about um, like Cleveland 
where um like World Series Cavs are playing, like you go right across the street from fucking LeBron to just Rajay Davis in the same yeah. night. Like that's the kind of shit, yeah, that fall weather, like a brisk October night. <laughs> and um yeah, best time for sports. We had a pretty pretty crazy slate on Saturday. Um I think the most noteworthy game just has to be Texas fucking plastering Brent Venables in Oklahoma, 49, nothing um, easily the biggest route I've ever seen in this rivalry could not be more anti Venables, just getting 49 dropped on you. Um, I saw something about the Quinn Ewers situation and that injury against Alabama. Like think about where this Texas team would be right now. If Quinn Ewers didn't go down in that Bama game. Yeah. Undefeated. <laughs> they might be the no- they're probably the number one team in the country. Yeah, yours is I mean clearly a difference maker. He's going to get so much NFL buzz now after he keeps playing like this. But yeah, for sure. I mean, and now Jalen Daniels goes down for Kansas like this. It's there's the a lot of luck that go that goes into uh, to win- winning some of these college games like sustainably for a whole season, which is why it is a, it, it's an interesting point too because. All these teams that have unlimited five stars fucking waiting in the wings. It's like if your guy goes down, you know you have quality depth where some of these some of these one and done teams that are really good for a year, like if one of their guys goes down, they're not gonna have that same type of quality and it's fucking it costs you, you know what I mean? Like like when Julian Love went down against Clemson, it's like, oh shit. Immediate fucking, over the top yeah. touchdown. Immediate yeah, it's, literally next it's, play. It's stuff like that, like an impact player on on a good team goes down you and if it's not Alabama or Georgia you know that it's a big step down from whoever the sub is and that's how you know that there's been just such a massive culture change in Kansas like Jason Bean was terrible last year terrible one of the worst maybe the worst power five quarterback I watched just in terms of like going through reads and being a true quarterback he comes in for a Heisman candidate Daniels, who had been a massive reason for Kansas being on this on this run, and he comes in and almost beats TCU. Like that game was a shootout. I had the under sixty nine and a half. It was ten three at halftime. Um, I went on the hook sixty nine thirty eight thirty one was the final. Um, could not have sweat that more. There was a missed field goal uh, down the stretch in the midst of just highlight real touchdown pass just the un- back unlim- of the end zone. unlimited points yeah. it was just they Literally started unlimited. playing seven on seven and the, they like shook up the coaches shook up and we're like yo let's just play let's just air raid seven v seven may the best man win but uh, they hit the 69 they're right on the number um still jason bean comes in looks very good he still missed a couple throws that you're like what what the fuck was that um, on the easy ones, you know what I mean? The little slip to the tight end or the running back where he's just a little pitch and catch overthrowing a guy by three yards, but he made big play after big play. He can fricking fly. Um, so Kansas is still a very good team, despite the fact that they're no longer undefeated. So I think people shouldn't be quick to like hop off the bandwagon just cause they don't have, you know, the undefeated mark going anymore. TCU well, they, is a very good team. They're still ranked. They're yeah. still ranked this week. And they so should be. Because TCU is very good. Yeah, they earned they earned respect this week for sure. 
You know who didn't earn respect this week? Texas. Brian Kelly. Yeah, I know, dude. Oh my god. I think that's the worst the worst loss he's ever had as a division one football coach. I mean, they literally couldn't do anything. Like after that first game against Florida state, you could see kind of what LSU was about. Just fucking really undisciplined football, but there's a lot of talent on the field and Holy hell are they fucking undisciplined and they're not going to win shit. If they play like that, just in every facet of the game, fucking fumbling special teams, just I like, they can't, it's just a really bad brand of football that will get you smoked by a good team like that in the SEC. They honestly, they look like they look like they don't have a coach almost. Like they look yeah, like these guys playing, got like, together, backyard and, ball, and like they slipped into this league, and they're just a bunch of guys out there. Bishop Sycamore, yeah, literally Bishop <laughs> Sycamore, dude. Um, so much talent, like every every you see the D end. You see the cornerback, and they're talking about their draft stock and their size and their their like splits and their combine numbers and shit. And then they get torched, you know, and they can't get a single stop. Um, I know Nick and Ray both had uh, LSU live um, 20 and a half, which was a terrible beat. First and goal from the one with a minute left. They throw two goal line fades, one incomplete. The next one gets intercepted. We've talked about this a lot this season. I feel like the opportunity cost of a goal line fade when you do not have a massive dominant wide receiver is there's no reason for it. Like Tennessee is not playing for a goal line stand here. You know, they're willing to, to concede a, a one yard rushing touchdown with 40 seconds left. And yet they're just, they go fade to the right back pylon fade to the left back pylon and the kid just takes the kids cookies so that was a bad beat um another one i know we talked about the the backdoor push um in the vandy game oh my god that, that was, was a tough that one was, made me sick to my stomach dude lane kiffin is he's such a piece of shit like he wears being a piece of shit but he just is like just just like just like hurry up offense up three scores fucking to punch it in with 30 seconds left to make sure they cover. It's unreal. They literally could have needed out fucking minutes before that too. Yeah. Also props to Vandy for somehow not covering that. After. Dude, they were winning at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> That's what teams like Vandy do. They find yeah. a way to not cover when they're almost then when they, they put a team on upset alert a massive favorite on upset alert and then don't cover. Um, Dude, it's crazy. It's like you, some of these games, it's like, yeah, you're, you're at the under, you're like, I know I'm on the right side here and fucking somehow I win by the hook. Bandy winning at halftime with 17 points. You're like, I know I'm on the right side and somehow they lose by 28. Like, how is that even possible? Another game that felt similar to, to that, uh, especially at the half was Michigan, Indiana, 10, uh, 10 at the half. Uh, Michigan has not looked very disciplined at times against opponents that frankly aren't very good. Um, we'll, we're going to learn a lot this weekend. We'll probably, we'll, we'll learn what Michigan's ceiling is exactly after this weekend when Penn state comes to the big house, but this is a really pretty bad Indiana team. And I know Illinois is kind of Illinois, their win against Illinois is, is looking 
better and better. That's the only thing they can hold on to. But Illinois will is still capable of playing Illini football at times, even though they've been playing on their head. I, for some reason, have seen like some a somewhat decent amount of Indiana football this year, and I absolutely <laughs> hate this Indiana team. It's like my least favorite team to watch of all time. Fucking Illinois completely like got. I forget what happened in that game. What was some like bullshit penalty or like they, they got like screwed somehow or like unlucky or missed a kick. It was something like that. Like yeah, they, they traded black field goals. Yeah. Completely should have won that game. And then I had Western Kentucky money line against Indiana. They're winning the whole game. Fucking. I forget what happens too. I think the kid either like got some bad penalty that bailed Indiana out. Indiana was down eight with like 20 seconds to go scores. Western Kentucky misses two straight field goals. And then Indiana wins on a field goal in overtime fucking as eight point favorites in that game. So that just watching all that, just walking into two wins that they should be one and five. Now that's not, it's not a good team. So the fact that they were competitive with Michigan, I mean, I think says more about Michigan than it does Indiana. Yeah. And we're, we're whittling down to our, uh, to our uh, funneling down to our last, you know, power five undefeateds. Um, USC continues to be undefeated while not impressing really at all. Bama, um, I think this might be the last, besides we get to uh, Iowa, Illinois, which was complete snooze fest for most, unless you are a fan of Iowa, Illinois. But um, yeah, maybe the worst play call I've ever seen in a one down situation, which should not have been a one down situation. The the ball was down with about six seconds left on the second incompletion. So sh- they should have had two plays from the one yard line. But what, what game is this? Uh, A&M, A&M Bama. Um, yeah, I, I missed the end of it. I just saw the incompletion. But Yeah, and the, the route wasn't even ran in the end zone. The ball was thrown out of bounds at like the three. Not even close. Uh, just uh, like, dude, after all that happened this offseason between – Jimbo and Nick and all and the two programs and everything you have a chance to to put your fucking nuts in Nick Saban's mouth and that's the play you run there by now everyone has to know you have to have some kind of run pass roll out you know something where you have multiple options if the first one doesn't work and you and you run some quick like curl to the Pylon from to the long side of the field. It wasn't even it, he threw it at the two yard line. It wasn't even to the pylon either. Mm-hmm. So like if the kid caught that, he's getting tackled because exactly. Well yeah, <laughs> that was disappointing. Yeah, Alabama has. I just want to see them lose, dude. And and teams get so fucking close, but no one is able to just just Wolf? fucking pin the fucking tail on the fucking donkey, just, dude. Just as a little look ahead to next week, both teams that we've said kind of were unimpressive, Alabama and Michigan. Both opened as Michigan opened at ten and a half and Alabama opened at nine and a half and both are bet down to seven. So it's been so the the public likes the other side on both so far. So they're kind of thinking like we were that they've been unimpressive. But I think Alabama's or no, it's in it's at Tennessee. But Michigan's home. So. I think in in this Michigan game, you either have to go Penn State money line or Michigan to cover. Um Penn State's either going to win outright or Michigan's going to kind of say, all right, fuck this bullshit where, you know, we haven't played our best brand of football the last couple weeks. Uh, 
we're going to go out and just establish that we are one of the four best teams in the country. So I think those, those are the two outcomes of that game. But, yeah, Bama is not last year's Bama or the year – basically the Bama of any of the five years before – they, Bama the last decade. They or no, the last one that the one that didn't make the playoff. I guess they could that easily team, have two losses too. right now. They could easily have two losses to Texas yeah. and to A and M. And this A and M team is nothing special either. It's not they, great at all. Not at all. They capitalize on turnovers last week, which will most likely keep you in any game against any team in the country. But yeah, it's tough. It's tough when everyone else's team, if you. If you have a performance like that, you go down, except Alabama. They find a way. That's what great teams do, but there's also a decent amount of help that comes from uh, either the Zebras or just the other team kind of shitting their pants because they've never been in the moment like that before. Uh, Mel Tucker, again, just, wow, Michigan like State the worst, is out the worst of a lot of money. contract in, in college football history. It's going to be one of them. Dude, there's been like $70 million in, in buyouts given to coaches in, in football this year, which just for guys not to coach their team anymore. And the thing with Michigan State is they don't have – at least this is this is pure – like here, like I have no idea what their fucking money backing is like, but you would think that they wouldn't have the same type of booster money or anything like that that some of these – like an LSU can give to Ed Orgeron or like – I would imagine Oklahoma could probably buy out Brent Venables faster than Michigan State. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if a coach isn't living up to it, some of these other high-touted programs have the money. They they just eat it. I don't. I think they're just gonna. Yeah, they're just gonna have to stink. I can't imagine them eating seventy million dollars or something like that. Like as a school, it did. It it just doesn't fit their brand. Yeah, I don't it's know. so bad for the optics of a team to just buy in on a guy, you know, and and just name him your savior and you're the guy that you're that Sparty, you he's literally the leader of Sparty, Sparty nation. And then just after he signs, it just goes and gets absolutely shellac just week after week. Lose it. Yeah. Getting smoked by like Minnesota. <laughs> like geez. that, that was the, that is terrible, dude. PJ Flack just fucking rubbing his bald nuts on you. But, um, yeah, things have things didn't really shake up last week in terms of rankings. Clemson took care of business again. 31-3 defense showed up undefeated. Illinois, they're ranked. I know um uh, got to get into it just for for Ray and for our listeners that are big Illini football people. Just took down Iowa, they took down Wisconsin last week. Those are two teams that traditionally use them as a punching bag and a free win. So it is cool to see that kind of mix up in the, in the big 10, I guess. Uh, I wish it wasn't Illinois per se. Um, I like when Minnesota does that or uh, Indiana a couple of years ago with Phoenix and Fry Fogle, but they're ranked. I don't think I've ever Every, seen that yeah. number next to their name since I've been watching college football. Besides, besides the select few teams, it's every program has their has their year or something like that. Or we'll we'll see the light of day like at some point. Besides, like I don't know, Rutgers maybe. Fucking... I guess they're really well, yeah. You, I think you're right. I, there's really no, they're one of the few teams in the Big Ten that hasn't. Like Indiana had theirs, uh, Minnesota's had theirs, Purdue's had theirs. Uh, that little fluke year where they're really tough, you know, and gritty and, yeah. and grind out eight eight or nine wins. 
this this could be their year. We'll we'll probably see them in a decent and bowl game. At that's got to be maybe in the history of the conference, probably the worst division ever. So Illinois could I, they could definitely win that side of the conference, which is crazy to say. But God, yeah, dude. no, they. I mean, Wisconsin, like all these teams stink. So I like Purdue is might be like their toughest matchup or fucking or Minnesota. It's mm-hmm. those are winnable games. Any, anybody can beat those teams, not even just Illinois. You know what I mean? Fucking Oregon State or whoever can beat a team that's, like, not some world under. So, it could, yeah, it could be the Illini's year. We'll see. And the, the I think the big shakeup in terms of what preseason looked like in a lot of these conferences is kind of shown in the matchup last week, last Saturday night. UCLA and Utah. Utah was thought to be perhaps a playoff contender. They're four and two, and UCLA is six and zero, oh. six oh. and zero. Oh. And uh, what I forget what week they play um, USC, but there's going to be playoff implications in that game. Has there been playoff implications yeah. in a Pac-12 conference game in in the last five years? No. So no. And the thing is, they're no, diversifying no. a little bit. Nobody's gonna be there to watch it either. Fucking, <laughs> no, no one goes to those games. Even like it's like the best UCLA team, fucking, and I don't know how long. And I love every week they show every week that they're home. You always see the screenshot on Twitter of of the stands, and it's, there's just like one guy, like who decides <laughs> to like sit sit like the farthest away possible yeah. too. Even though even though he can move down, it's yeah, it's crazy optics for a team that's dude. DTR's been there for a millennium, but he's, he's still a beast too. Like he's, this is his complete, like show out 18 of 23 last week against Utah. He's complete. He's backpacking this team that I like, you, you know, isn't as talented as some of these other ones, but they're winning games. And Charbonnet in the backfield, he's been around forever too. I mean, he was running over Notre Dame in like 2017. Yeah. And he found, he made his way to LA to, to play with DTR and they're, Fucking six and L. Yeah, I mean, there's not much else you can say to keep winning. Um, I guess one of the more disappointing looks the last couple weeks, Kentucky probably not going to be ranked um, in the coming weeks. Tough loss to a really not not great South Carolina team. They fell fast, and that's what happens when you can't just stay on that plane in the SEC of consistent football so all the hype has kind of gone from them and i don't even think the air is out of the balloon did levis play last week no he no he didn't it was his backup that's what i figured but yeah uh, again like guy like that levis is the heart and soul of kentucky and goes out and they lose to a team that everybody's gonna beat in the fcc for although south carolina's four and two somehow now that I'm looking at it, who the hell have they beaten? <laughs> They've beaten Charlotte, uh, Georgia State, Georgia, yeah, Georgia State, SC State, and yeah, SC and State Kentucky, and, and now Kentucky. They got wow. So I get. I mean, I get the, they get to play Mizzou and Vandy, but they're going to lose every other game because they get so, I mean, Clemson, Florida, yeah, and if they if they A&M. win. They win those two. Some we're gonna be seeing South Carolina in a bowl, which is pretty sad. But fucking Spencer Rattler, a six and six South Carolina team's gonna be playing in the fucking. 
I don't know. U of I. The, the, the tax slayer bowl. Yeah. <laughs> South Carolina versus U of I in the tax slayer bowl. I'll punch I'm it in. in. The Advocare 1000 bowl. <laughs> the Lockheed Martin bowl. <laughs> just, there's just like missiles being blown off in the background of like Radler throwing a pick. The cheese it like, Lockheed Martin bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, the bowls that have two sponsors are always crack you up. It's fucking, it's like the bad boy mowers, like, like uh, <laughs> Trumu milk bowl or something <laughs> like just two, two things that are the furthest thing from each other. Yeah. They never have, there's never any overlap there. Um, it's like the, the pita Marlboro cheese at bowl. I swear. I've seen ones where like some like local accounting firms, like sponsoring the bowl <laughs> in like, in, like Idaho or something. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, I see that's where it'll it, the expanded playoff will help that too. just kind of fucking get rid of these bowl seasons fun for the people that love the sport, but I like gambling on it. Honestly. Yeah. It, it, it's fun to gamble on. You just wish more of those meant something. And that's what's effectively going to happen when you, when you expand uh, Tennessee Bama this weekend, going to be the place to be every week has their, um, has their superstar matchup. And this is definitely it for those crazy, crazy Vol fans. This is the biggest game they've probably, um, probably had on their schedule in since Peyton Manning. Yeah, absolutely. They haven't, I mean, Tennessee has been like their program peak over the last 15 years has been like a 20th ranking. And like Josh Dobbs throws some like backbreaking pick and they fall out of the rankings. And that's like, They'll squeeze into a bowl at eight and four or seven and five, but that's like as far as they've gone as a program. And now the fact that you're seeing a six next to their name is pretty crazy how far they've they've risen. It looks weird. Yeah, definitely. Some, sometimes you see a number next to someone and it just looks weird. Seeing seeing Alabama, Tennessee three six, did not see this coming this year, but dude, Tennessee is a complete team. And the way that they're able to just play whatever brand of offense they feel like playing, which they showed against LSU, just, okay, well, uh, let's just keep the ball on the ground and go score a touchdown. Or, you know, let's take a couple shots, air it out, and go score a touchdown. So I think that poses a huge threat for Alabama just because they can't key in on anyone, any one guy, and they can mix it up and play a couple different brands of football on offense. Bama will definitely get up because they always get up for these, but I, Tennessee might be a better team through and through, which never thought I'd say that, but I might, I might be taking Tennessee this weekend. I'm gonna t- I'll probably take them to cover. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, they haven't, and, I don't think they've decided if he's, he's maybe Bryce, the Heisman hopefully, favorite. Hopefully if they Bryce win this Young, game, he'll probably be the hope, Heisman favorite. I hope Bryce Young's back. Cause they just get to watch fucking electric quarterback play the whole game. And you don't have to hear, well, Bama was down there, Heisman, you know, like, yeah, give me the best sure. on best. Malik Hooker will, he will be the first guy to really step, I guess, CJ Stroud, just because they just put up video game numbers and they've scored on like, they've scored a touchdown on 31 of their last 38 offensive possessions. It, it would be nice if that game was, was the night game on ESPN. just insane. Instead, instead, it's the 230 CBS where you get fucking Gary Danielson just sucking off Alabama like usual. They, yeah. they are always in that time slot. Yeah. 
it'll that, be that, that's the one that's the one where you wish it was like Herb Street and uh Fowler doing it, but it'll be whatever. a it'll be a two man race, I think, from here on out if Malik Hooker wins this game for the Heisman between him and Stroud. So Heisman moments often come against Bama. So this is his, you know, like if you if you put up a great performance and a win against Alabama, just so many points for Heisman. So many points. So many points uh, for the rest of that kid's life, dude. Fucking he might be the number one pick or so like it it leads to stuff like that. It's the it's the know. it's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Yeah. Is just putting up putting up a great performance against the tide. So that's definitely the marquee matchup this weekend. Um, what other, we got Kansas, Oklahoma. I hope Kansas, I hope Brian Venables and the Sooners just completely lay down and die the rest of the season. Penn state, Michigan, obviously at the big house, 11 AM. We're going to learn a lot. Kind of wish this was in Penn state. I probably, I kind of like uh, Penn state to cover you say, or you were saying money line. I, if I take them, I'm going to take them money. I know Penn State was ranked high last year after like a, they and they didn't look good to deserve that ranking. But to me, this Penn State team has impressed me through their game so far. So I think that they're going to be right there. I, I don't think Michigan's like some crazy, like more talented that, than them or anything like that. So I think I think they're going to put up a good fight in this game. And then the other uh, marquee conference battle, Oklahoma State TCU. Didn't touch on the Oklahoma State-Texas Tech game, which was a very good game. Led me to just question everything I know about football on that onside kick with the fair catch. I have gotten confirmation that you can fair catch a ball that has bounced once. One, zero or one times a ball has bounced can be fair caught. As soon as it hits the ground a second time, any fair catch is null and void. So – that was the confusion for me because I was thinking anytime you see any motion for an onside kick, just have all 11 of your players wave your fucking hand like a dipshit, but you then protect yourself from any contact being deemed interference, which I think you should just do anyway because it couldn't hurt, you know, as long as the ball's not getting on to you on like a short hop and you're trying to wave, you know what I mean? It's kind of like yeah. a fail safe, but that was one of the most heads up plays I've ever seen. The kid was not in the vicinity of making the catch, starts waving his hand, saved them. Dude, might have ended up saving that game because seven nothing, get the ball back. Texas Tech's offense looked very good, made Oklahoma State's top 10 defense kind of, kind of wore them out early, but. Oklahoma State showed that they can do it on both sides of the ball and maybe why they're the best team in the Big 12. They got TCU, who's probably the second best team in the Big 12 right now. I would – I don't know. I'd probably, I'd probably like to see the Horned Frogs take this just because I like the parity where it's not the same, you know, Big 3 or Big 4 in every conference competing for that bid at the conference championship game. Yeah, I wouldn't – I don't mind that take at all. And yeah, I think the winner of that game should pro I don't know if they will do that, but they should probably jump USC and go to seven. You would think 
but or who's six now? Or no, Tennessee. So the winner of that game, I think, should go to six. And USC, if they beat Utah, should stay at seven. And then the loser of Alabama, Tennessee, falls. Yeah. Personally. But man, sometimes I I get so thrown off. Like Spencer Sanders, I feel like he's 28 and he's younger than me. Yeah. But it just seems like he's been holding it down in Oklahoma State for six years. He's a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. That's reason you reason you think that is because he's been he was good enough to start when he was young. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But um so a lot of a lot of conference championship bids and a lot of playoff bids will be learned today about who the who the, it, the I think the field will probably be cut in half this week after this week in terms of who can really make a make a run for the playoff. And I one just one last note, I love that Utah's favorite against USC too. Yeah. Fucking ba- Vegas knows so much money is just going to flow in on USC too with that number. So it'll be interesting. I don't know. I th- I feel like that game's kind of a toss up too, but yeah, there's a lot that lot of implications even even in a game like NC State Syracuse. That could be the ACC champ playing uh Clemson, you know what I mean? There's just crazy crazy amount. Of, yeah, there's a lot a lot to look forward to on Saturday, so Yeah, so college kind of rounded that out. Touched on our MLB playoffs thus far. Last, going to get back into week five of the NFL season. Started off with a giant win in London over the Packers, which it's fun. It's I don't know if it's fun or funny seeing the Giants win games. I think it's a little bit of both. Seeing Daniel Jones, who just he looks like some temp, you know, that's just in filling in for, or like a substitute teacher that might have to do a couple weeks and not the originally thought, you know, just day or two for someone's got to fill in for like a month or so. But dude, they're finding ways to win games and they (laughs) found a way to win a game against Aaron Rodgers. Is that, is that Daniel Jones? He's, he subs in when the, when the English teacher has a baby. That's (laughs) yeah. That's, that's his comparison. The maternity fill in. Yeah. I don't think I've ever uh, pictured that before, but I could definitely see it. But yeah, every, Every Giants win, I feel like of the last like three years, it's like, damn, how did like how do they win? It's or just it gets like to they a point play. Where, like, they looks like they play like shit, and then you're wait, they're it's a one score game. <laughs> Every single time, and then something will happen. Like Graham Gano will drill like a seventy yard or something, <laughs> and they'll like squeak one out, and you're like, oh shit, okay. But yeah, they're. I don't know if they're if the Giants are if they're playing tough that NFC East completely flipped they're probably the best division in, in the nfc would you say i i mean right now they're the best division in football yeah With, win, yeah win win percentage wise and we thought we had the best division we've ever uh, seen on paper in the afc west which has disappointed to a degree i mean russ and the broncos are a complete dumpster fire and the Raiders just week in and week out lose heartbreaking games. Yeah, yeah, completely. But the the Chargers haven't proved to me that they're a real threat to to go anywhere. They should have lost that Cleveland game. The chart. I mean, they look like a fucking World War One like injury time. <laughs> they got they're, they're trotting out like Josh Palmer's like wide out one. 
Justin Herbert's got they're sticking him with shots in his lungs and Tyrod tailoring him and they're they're blue chip left tackles hurt fucking Cleo Mack Joey Bose is out they're just they're not I mean Herbert will will them to a win or two but I they're not I I don't even know if they're going to make the playoffs at this rate. Honestly, Dude, they're every not that impressive. Play, every play looks like they're fighting for their lives. Like down the stretch, there's so much, so much chaos and urgency. And, and it's like, wait, you have Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler and BMW, and you have all these guys. What it just slow it down a little bit, you know, and that defense yeah. is definitely not performed at the level it should. Uh, you got the Browns tearing them up. Putting twenty like the Browns should not be scoring twenty eight points against you, Chargers. No. That's that's just a fact, and I know they know that they have the personnel. They have maybe the best personnel position by position in the NFL. Key, obviously, Keenan's been out, and they've been dealing with with injuries. But uh, Chiefs are the Chiefs. But I think all in the NFC East has gone from the perennially worst division in football to the best this year and the commanders probably get another win tonight tonight so nah, i'm on i'm on bears money line so hopefully not what's the what's we'll the see. line bears are plus one at at home so that it's like are the commanders really four point favorites if you think about it like bears are two and oh and home this year and yeah they shouldn't even do games, spreads obviously. for games like this it should just be pick a money line yeah for sure so yeah, I took I took the Bears money line, so we'll see. Um, Lions put up a vintage shutout loss, twenty nine nothing. That offense just completely disappeared against a very very middle of the pack, middle to lower middle of the pack Patriots team. Nothing, yeah, nothing much there. It, Zap is great. pretty decent, honestly. Dude, I know. Well, he threw for unlimited yards in college, like. That was just that guy yeah. that went under the radar, and he threw. He broke like guys, every record. Like there's quietly. been there's been guys like that, like that have actually turned out to be have respectable, like Case Keenum. You know, what I, he's he had a respectable career. Won, won the Vikings he's won more playoff, playoff game games against. than Bear quarterbacks. Yeah, so like some of those guys like that that might get a shot to start every once in a while. He's going to be one of those guys that that will show you some stuff. Like not going to be. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, but he'll 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 have a definitely a respectable career. From the what Cooper he's Rush Bailey Zap era is is upon yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it's, Mike Tomlin, maybe the worst loss I've ever seen taken on his hands. Thirty eight to three, dude. They might be they might be the worst team in the NFL. The Steelers. It's yeah, which is crazy to think about. A Steelers team without TJ Watt. Is might be the worst team in the whole NFL. <laughs> Najee Harris looks looks like a, a vegetable. Dude, he can't do anything. He can't get yeah. anything going. And he had games like that last year, but it's tough. It's tough when yeah. your all world talent can't they, even they, break one or two. They they have these this vaunted wide receiver core that doesn't seem to catch any passes. <laughs> like a like I'm not, I'm not seeing them getting themselves crazy open or something like. Pickett, I know Pickens I mean, is it, having to make just Odell catches to move the sticks, and same yeah. with Deontay. Him and Deontay Johnson are just putting on a fucking highlight reel just to get an 11 yard gain on third and nine. But dude, to throw for 330 yards, 
and score three points. That's that, that's about as much. I there's probably not many games ever in the history of the league that a, that a team has thrown for over 330 yards and scored less than three or less points. Which, yeah, that's con- there's a lot concerning about the Steelers team this year, which you just traditionally don't see. Bills, on the other hand, Gabe Davis putting up a Randy Moss performance. Dude, that that replay on his second absolute bomb touchdown was he him and Minka him and one of a top five defensive player in, were just had a had a big dick off to to take that ball and he ripped it from him like he yeah. was actually he actually was disadvantaged when the ball was brought in Minka had more of a a play on it and he just fucking ripped it from him for a touchdown like I think the Bills that's probably the biggest statement any team has made thus far this year and like we're the favorite we're the best team in the nfl uh not much can stop us going forward i don't see them looking back i mean we'll see mahomes first time in his career is a home dog so that's that shows you how good the bills are so that's going to be might be the best game of the whole season this weekend rematch of one of the greatest games ever played yeah yeah last year and I love the rivalry that this that has been brewing here the, over the last over the course of just the Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes era, where you're in for literally game of the year every time they match up. So that's game of the week, perhaps game of the year. Falcons box. Obviously, everyone has seen by now the roughing call and just the literal, literal just catastrophic reaction by everyone on the Falcon sideline. And the worst part about it was, is like Brady did some little kid, like bitch kick at him after, which is the, that's the roughing, you know, like, yeah, he didn't connect or it wasn't some dastardly act, but that's where you guys, that's where these refs like to flag guys is when you do something like that. And he actually did it earlier in the game. Yeah. I, I don't know that we have to say much more, like say much about this. I think everyone, it's kind of a consensus that that's bullshit. And they took away a chance for the Falcons to, to beat Tom Brady. And for the first time in Brady's career, lose to Atlanta. Falcons are scrappers. They're going to, Falcons are going to lose like every game, but they'll damn, damn well, they'll be in it. <laughs> yeah. And maybe <laughs> moving, moving down, um, Perhaps the game of the week, which I don't think anyone saw coming, Seattle and New Orleans. Dude, Geno Smith has been throwing some fucking dimes, and he looks know. way better than Russ. And He's like miles met- ahead metric- of him right now, metrically wise, like that Saints defense is like top three in the NFL. Yeah, like yeah. in every facet. So Geno has been the only guy that's lit up that defense in like in like a year and a half <laughs> yeah which is crazy to think about I mean they hung yeah, 32 no, but Taysom Hill just statement game he is he is one of the funnest players to watch have the football in the NFL and that's been like that since he came into the league like I get the the it's kind of a like a meme or a joke the way you use a guy like that or he's he's listed as a tight end on the depth chart or whatever the fuck but 
I don't think I've ever seen him be, been. I don't think he's ever been brought down by one guy. And it's fun to watch a former QB, current QB, just put his head down and run like he's fucking Marshawn Lynch, just scoring four touchdowns and breaking unlimited tackles and willing the Saints to a win over a Geno Smith legacy game. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. To th- yeah, I agree that Hill is. Bill's a beast, but like, I don't know. The Saints are just, they're just going to be so average. I feel like the whole year, it's going to be like an eight and eight team, or, or I guess eight and nine or something like that. But I was going to make a point that it's fly, uh, I guess the Lions less now, but like the two most high powered offense in the, in the whole league are like Seattle and Detroit. And it's that, and it's not a Seattle team with Russell Wilson either. I don't even, Seattle's not obviously top, but like still they, they fucking lit it up the last couple of weeks. Just crazy. But yeah. Tennessee and Washington, 21 17 game. Washington had a chance to win it there at the end, had a similar situation that um, uh, Bama AM down to the wire couldn't get it in, just shit play, shit execution. Would have been a huge win for the team, especially coming into a very winnable game against Chicago. Yeah. I mean, shit play, shit execution, shit team. That's <laughs> go, 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 goes along with the, uh, with their, their script so far. It would have been a good win for the team. That's, that should be their name still, the football team. That would have been great. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, actually kind of liked that. There was something, there was something like kind of intriguing about, or just, just something honorable about just calling yourself the football team. All right, we're not the Redskins yeah. anymore. We're just the fucking football team. Every and every Sunday, you got Kevin Formato just yelling, "Oh, here comes the team! Here, here they come!" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that was that was that was a good that was a good year of just just team. But now, yeah, they stink. So Bears, if they, Bears they, they might beat the Bears. Yeah, Bears, Vikings. I mean, very. I, I don't understand. I don't understand what like. Matt Eberflus and his staff does like when they go into the locker room, do they just like inject everybody with steroids? Because <laughs> the Bears have been like outscoring opponents in the second half like exponentially in like every single game they played. Except in the, the first the, half last they, week they against like the Giants. College... We could we yeah, didn't true. score, but but yeah. They look like a college football team in the first <laughs> half, and then they look like fucking the monsters in the second half. Dude, I no tweeted reason. I tweeted at halftime or not even at halftime. It was like halfway through the first quarter. I'm like, if Kirk Cousins and the Vikings want, they could have Justin Jefferson break the receptions and yards record today if they want to. Yeah, he was so un- wide open. He was getting more wide open than he ever has probably in his career dating back to fucking high school. We had an undrafted rookie on uh, guarding and Jalen <laughs> Jones or whatever that guy's name is. <laughs> it's the best receiver in the NFL. It's like, I think they were saying it on the radio, sports talk radio. It's like, yeah, that, I mean, they're probably going to win that matchup 99 out of a hundred times. Like Jefferson's <laughs> going to win it. Like it's a pretty, pretty substantial win right there. But, and to think that was one of those games where like, wait, it's a seven point game. How the fuck? Like we're getting it was dominated. Tied. And then it was we tied too. And we and bring it back the end. just for, we just cannot get over bringing in, these little shithead receivers that are so fucking brain dead and so selfish and just so just the lowest football IQ. We just go from one to another. 
one to another. We and yeah. you never mix in a really talented dude with a with a nice you know feel for the game. Dude's getting like his first fucking. He makes the first nice play of his career, shedding that tackle, and then say, like, okay, bet. Just now escort yourself out of bounds and onto the next one, and then gets fucking ripped. So just disrespectfully by Cam Dantzler, dude, who's a little <laughs> shithead. He's a little shithead. Like, yeah, the it, well, he's gonna go down in infamy with the Josh Bellamy's and the Javon Wims's and the Anthony Miller's, guys. dude. There's so yeah, many. Yeah, Miller. Yeah, I forgot about dude Miller. Miller was a joke. He couldn't even like Anthony Miller couldn't even make Houston this year. That's how bad he is. Like. Well, not only that is he's has a crazy attitude problem. He's a bad and, attitude, yeah, and, terrible attitude. And he thinks he's God. He's he's not even a top two hundred receiver in the league, and he thinks he'll be he up in can- he'll he thinks be up he's in top Canada five. Soon. He refuses refuses to play fundamental football and play disciplined football. But at least he's also a flight risk to get a personal foul and set your team back 15 yards at any given moment. Like that was the thing with him and whims, dude. It's like, wait, if, if you produce like a Devonte Adams and th- this might not be the best time to mention, but a Devonte Adams, you're allowed to maybe lose your temper on a guy and take a 15 yard penalty. If you're fucking Devonte Adams or Justin Jefferson or Deandre Hopkins, you know, but when you're Anthony yeah. Miller and you're yeah. picking fucking fights and you're on an offense that it just it's like splitting the atom, getting a first down and you're going to put your team behind the sticks for, to completely solidify a punt for that possession. You know, because because a guy like Cam Dantzler was talking shit to you, you just blasted him like after the play. This the, the softest skin and just the t- smallest brain, dude, like, yeah, it's. Some Cam Dantzler just calls him a pussy and he's, all right, I got to like kill him now. You know, like just, and who was it? Uh, was it, it was Gardner Johnson who was just like laughing in the, in that saints game a couple years ago. Cause he was definitely just calling him a pussy and, and just laughing. Cause they just come up to him and get, and give him a 15 yard piece. He, like, pro- he probably I got my like, team off the field. Who the fuck are you? Like, Javon <laughs> Wims. Like, I've never even heard of you. you. You weren't on the scouting report. And and it works without like without yeah. fail. And that that the dumb, idiotic, undisciplined Bears wide receiver two slash three reared its ugly head again. Uh, so clearly that was not fixed with Eberflus. I guess, but at least Nikhil Harry's coming back. So uh so we'll see if he's the generational talent we've been looking for all these years. <laughs> I would err on the side of no, but crazier things have happened. We'll see. I yeah, I don't I don't know if crazier things have ever happened, but <laughs> I think moving right along though, uh dude, this Cowboys defense is so fucking good and Cooper Rush is in fact good enough to beat virtually any team in the in the NFC. They're rolling. The Rams look shell shocked. Matt Stafford is not able to really put together any drives besides on the, besides it being the off chance that nobody guards Cooper Cup and they can kind of whittle their way into field goal range. But they do. They've been getting dominated. Their offense has been getting shut the fuck down the last couple of weeks. Concerning. Fun to watch this Cowboys defense though. 
also. Yeah. I, I, is this is this like the worst? I'm sure there's been worse, but the worst the Super Bowl winner has looked in like the next year. Like they are a shell of themselves. And it's not – I know they don't have OBJ, but it's not like they're – they're missing like crazy personnel or anything. Dude, like, there's, we no on that last week there's no without, Van Jefferson. There's no Van Jefferson, bro. And it's it is pretty. I don't. I just don't get it. Like McVay has a McVay team has never looked like this ever. So there definitely is time to sound the alarm if it's because like, it's been consistent. But dude, they squeaked. <laughs> They squeaked one out against Atlanta. They didn't look good against Arizona, who, dude, Arizona is not a good team. I thought, and I think a lot of people thought they might take a step forward. They are not a good team at all. For 85% of this season, the Rams have looked terrible. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. They've only had a couple little spots that they looked like a competent playoff team. So, I don't know. The 49ers might win that division again. They, I think they probably they will at this point with Jimmy Garoppolo. And they were supposed to be bringing in this new regime, but it's just going to be Jimmy winning another NFC West. Is this going to be another year where the Bears beat the Super Bowl champ? Or at least like a Super Bowl participant? Because we beat the Buccaneers, and then we beat Cincinnati last year who lost but was in the Super Bowl. And then if, if San Francisco gets there, they win the division make a run it could be it's so is it, i actually that, like the, that that's the biggest one of the bears of wins it. that team will be in the super bowl yeah yeah that's the biggest indicator in football is if the bears somehow squeak out an upset against a team they have no business beating that team's going to the super bowl so it's either at this point it's either the niners or the texans um, yes on on the super bowl participant bears victory alert we've whittled it I I guess there's only going to be as many options as wins that we have. So, shit. If you if you like where Take this is going, take a future on San Francisco. Yeah, right now. Sound the alarm. I I like that. I might do it to yeah, come might, out of the I NFC. Might... Yep. We'll see That's tonight if they if they make another um, if they make another participant or uh, eligible participant. Yeah. An eligible bachelor in in the Washington Commanders. Lastly, Eagles stay undefeated. Philly is bumping right now. Um, They didn't look great, but they got it done. Hertz made a couple really good throws down the stretch. They're just they're they've shown that they've won in basically every single way you can at this point in the season, which is obviously a great thing because normally the teams that are blowing everyone out struggle late down the stretch or, against the better teams because they curl haven't up, won curl up into a shell when they get face adversity in the playoffs or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. But last thing, Justin Tucker is one of the best players in NFL history. Fuck the kicker. Like put them aside. They're in a different league. He is one of the most valuable players to ever play this sport. And he just does it every single time. He hasn't missed a fourth quarter kick in like four years. Yeah. And the one, I think the only one he's like ever missed was that extra point that they missed to tie that somehow he missed, he's missed one extra point. And I I actually, I know what you're talking about because I saw a video of it slowed and people were saying that there was 
like rigging involved because the like the flight path of the ball was so altered it was going like right down the sticks it was this big conspiracy about like letting the door (laughs) open or something or like pushing it out like that's what it takes for justin tucker to miss in a big spot he's undoubtedly a first ballot hall of famer Bengals. I'm scared a little bit because I feel like they're liking P Ryan a little bit better than Mixon because dude, Mixon is just not it. He's just yeah, he's not a, it. I know there's been, there's been a few of those running backs this year. It's like, dude, what happened to these guys? Fucking Najee Harris, Mixon, like they have not, they've not been good at all. I know the Bengals have just, it's on Burrow to this yuck. Now that's, that's their offense. And he's, he takes a three-step drop and he's got somebody bearing down on his back at all times. And he takes yeah, a lot not, of shots, dude. It's, it's, yeah. it's not, tough, tough it's, guy, tough it's way within the realm of possibility. Anytime he takes the field that he's going to miss a For week to get, or two weeks with a concussion or an ankle getting rolled. I up mean, he, blew, he blew his ACL out his rookie year. So because <laughs> yeah, it's, it's could, obviously, in, it's obviously yeah. possible. Um, and then we, I guess we touched on it a little bit or no, we didn't. It just re- was reminding me because of the flag. Um, the Chiefs Raiders game Raiders looked very good all game. Josh Jacobs looked like a man possessed. He was running like Adrian Peterson, uh, showing that he is one of the most talented running backs in the NFL. He absolutely buried Justin Reed on that about 25 yard run he had in the second half. And that, that was a good tackle by Reed too. He brought him down. No, yeah, smoked. he actually, I actually saw him tweeting it because obviously everyone was hype on that on that hit and he was just saying what you have to say and what is completely true he goes you know there's some guys that they don't try to make that tackle and it's a touchdown he's like jackson i yeah that's a touchdown if that's eddie (laughs) jackson back there he goes if you step in yeah i'm gonna i got fucking planted but kept our defense on the field instead of trotting off for the extra point or the you know extra point block Travis Kelsey, I almost I was up 43 points against Travis Kelsey going into Monday night, and I hit up Ray. So what are the odds Travis Kelsey wins this for you? He said negative. He made it pretty fucking close, and one of the reasons it was close is because on a field goal, there was a defensive holding called. That was the biggest field goal. That was. I, That's never I, happened. No, no, no one, no one talked about it. Because of how egregious the the uh, what's it called flag Roughing. was, but I think I, I think that that call was worse, honestly. Because so the roughing make it make sense, dude. Took the Chiefs took the Chiefs getting the ball at midfield. The miss the the phantom holding call. The guy missed the kick, gives them the ball first and goal, where essentially that turned into seven. Like that, I think it was was more egregious of a call in the game, but that's. Like, you're never going to see that, obviously, because of the whole NFL narrative with the terrible roughings. You know what I mean? That that was never talked about on uh, on sports talk. Dude, I, turn, like I had turned the game off. I was trying to get to sleep. But because Kelsey and that I actually was not out of the woods and was tweaking that Travis Kelsey might actually fucking do this. I had the score app going and was keeping track of the plays like up to date. And I'm thank God it's over. They're kicking the field goal. 
Um, there's no chance that he can score, you know, two more touchdowns, which I'm good. And then I see first down Chiefs after the miss. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? So I'm looking back through the full play description. Defensive holding on the kick, automatic first down. I'm like, wait, there is defensive holding called on a field goal? Dude, there's no shot that's ever been called in the NFL. A penalty yeah, well, of that sort. I and saw it. It sets them yeah. up. And then, yeah, Travis, of course, scores that touchdown. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? That is so brutal. This always happens to, to fucking Las Vegas, dude, somehow. But, yeah, it, and like I said, obviously that call was egregious. But besides pre-snap penalties, I saw this on Twitter. At After that um, – it was. It might have even been before that. That in the second half, the refs tagged uh, Vegas with nine non-pre-snap penalties, and the Chiefs had zero non-pre-snap penalties in the second half. So it's like obviously the NFL office called down and were like, "Yeah, this is like a mutiny on our hands," and they just completely the refs just like took the game into their own hands yeah. for the whole game on both the Chiefs and the Raiders side because obviously missing just call after call and just literally taking the game in their own hands. That was that was the ref show for sure. And I will say, last thing on this, I will stand by any coach who is coaching the inferior side and have they've been playing a great game. I will stand by them going for two in that spot every single time because you play to win the game. You don't play for overtime. You don't you don't play to finish it the same way it started. And two yards, you have better odds than playing an entire 10 minutes against a yeah. team that's way Jacob's, better than you. Jacob's missed it by an absolute just dick there. The best so shot you have is having to just get two yards to win that football game. So McDaniels, don't, I, I would do the same thing in your spot every single time because Auburn did it with Bama last year, and it's like, dude, win the game on a two you can get two yards against Alabama you're already playing with house fucking money because you shouldn't even be there right now now you 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 want to you want to sign up for another 10 minutes against a team that's so far better than you like give me a break dude you you can get the two yards and I get it's like as soon as they don't go to it's like, oh they should have fucking kicked it they should have fucking kicked it yeah hindsight's 2020 shut the fuck up like everyone loves to shit on those dude Two yards is easier to get than to win another quarter against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, for sure. It's as simple as that. And yeah, exactly. They, I like that they gave it to Jacobs, who had been the best player on their team all night. Just happened to get caught, happened to get caught up at the half yard line and couldn't get it over. But tough, dude. This the Raiders fucking scrap, dude. They they scrap every fucking game and. So, and find way, find new and inventive ways to lose. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just it's season of heartbreak in Vegas. But um, we got bear football on Thursday night. I saw a pretty good meme like of Walter White with the uh, like on like a Bunsen burner talking about uh, the NFL cooking up the shittiest. Thursday night football slate before selling it to Amazon for $11 billion. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah what, they're paying Amazon's paying like $400 million to broadcast <laughs> this bears commanders game. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. 
these games, I we have we play we've played Washington in primetime like four times in the last five years. We've played them Monday night, Thursday night, Thursday night again. We had the Turbo Taylor three touchdown game against them a couple years ago. Yeah. Yep. I don't get where this I, is I coming from. See, I don't know. I it's very strange. But I also saw a stat that Carson Wentz is like apparently the greatest Thursday night football yeah, quarterback six of all time. So might be in trouble. Something to think about. For for no reason. Just like the most mid quarterback ever is just fucking John Elway when he steps on the, when when the clock strikes midnight on, on Thursday, he just turns <laughs> into John Elway. He just like wakes up out of his bed like Robocop, just fucking dialed in complete just maltered. Yeah, like the personality disorder where he's just John Elway on Thursdays that he's scheduled for a game. Yeah. It's like, he's got like the horse teeth too. Like it's like full, <laughs> full transformation. He just doesn't respond to Carson all day. <laughs> just John. <laughs> Literally John. Yeah. Went to Stanford. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll finish up there by the time we're back next week. It'll be the ALCS, NLCS. We'll be down to four, and we'll probably be down to about 10 eligible bachelors for the college football playoff. So um, lots going to shake out in the next week. Just October football, dude, or October North American sports. Hockey starting up. I I don't think we'll be touching much hockey again i took i took a future on on calgary flames to win the cup so let's go flames canada's do all right that's my team team, i guess this year well that one bat will make them the official nfl or nhl partner of the of the pod so let's go calgary but um yeah let's go uh let's go Let's go win a Thursday night football game, huh? Wait, no, let's take down. Let's yep. take down John Elway tonight. This will be this will be a franchise defining win if we pull it off tonight. It'll be. Yeah. 